Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm David Marsland and this is The Leader. Who has Boris Johnson's mobile phone number? And who's got access to the top secret WhatsApp groups frequented by the PM? These are questions being asked as an inquiry begins into the most troubling conundrum of them all. Who leaked the Prime Minister's texts with Sir James Dyson? And was it Dominic Cummings? Our Deputy Political Editor Nicholas Cecil's on the story. First of all, Nicholas... Do you have Boris's number? Well, David, as you know, journalists never reveal their sources, so I'll pass on that one. Um, what we learnt this morning, though, was that um, Culture Minister Caroline Dinanij does not have the Prime Minister's phone number. She appeared on ITV's Good Morning Britain this morning, where she was being asked about the controversy over text exchanges between the Prime Minister and business tycoon Sir James Dyson. She explained that ministers, including the Prime Minister, don't hand out their phone numbers willy-nilly. And then she went on to say that she didn't think she had Mr Johnson's number. She was then pressed to check whether she actually does have Mr Johnson's number, and she went away, grabbed her phone, checked, and came back and said, no, I don't have it. Is that unusual, Nicholas, for ministers not to have a kind of instant access to the Prime Minister, but prominent businessmen like Sir James Dyson can just text him and get an answer? Well, this goes to the heart of the, the whole controversy at the moment at the heart of government. Now, Sir James Dyson, he texted the Prime Minister about a tax issue when Britain was facing the first wave of COVID-19. Some of his staff were returning to the UK to join the emergency race to produce thousands of ventilators, which the government thought might be needed to stop the NHS being overrun by, by COVID. It, it's not so much that the subject here, which is the concern, it's really that the fact that businessmen had the Prime Minister's own phone number and can text him when ordinary members of the public and even his ministers don't. And this is why Labour's Sakir Starmer is accusing the government of governing by WhatsApp. Yes, yes, and, and there's a number of cases of this. And what happened overnight was that someone at Downing Street has pointed the finger of blame very firmly at Dominic Cummings for allegedly leaking the text exchange between Sir James Dyson and Boris Johnson. Three papers were briefed with accusations against Mr Cummings. At least two of them widely seem to be sympathetic to the government, the Daily Telegraph and the Sun. The Times, for example, was told by someone, a source, saying Dominic is engaged in systematic leaking. Now, Mr Cummings hasn't commented so far today, or certainly by lunchtime, 
but certainly he, he would have a possible motive to act in such a way because he, he left Downing Street after losing out a power battle there. And he may have actually had access to these texts, although we don't know that for sure. But let alone who made this leak, is Number 10 worried that it could be leaked at all? These are private text messages from the Prime Minister. Is there a security concern there? Well, this is another irony of this, this growing story, is that the Prime Minister has actually asked for the Cabinet Office to conduct an inquiry to discover who leaked the exchange he had with Sir James Dyson. But now you've got someone at number 10 saying it was Mr Cummings. So it's basically undermined the Cabinet Office's own inquiry. And it's leading to questions, well, if you found the culprit, or at least the person who you think is the culprit... What's the point of this quote in the first place? What's the official line from Number 10 on whether they believe that Dominic Cummings was behind this leak? Well, this was, uh, there was another slightly farcical twist this morning, and this was that when the Prime Minister's official spokesman was asked about this, he said he wouldn't comment on speculation. Now, all journalists at Westminster know, or at least suspect very strongly, that one part of Downing Street was briefing against Dominic Cummings, and now the Prime Minister's official spokesman is rejecting that or playing that down as speculation. There's a slightly more serious issue here because if you have these ongoings, then it starts to erode trust in Downing Street and the message coming out of government. There's more from Nicholas and our politics team at standard.co.uk. Follow the live blog for breaking news. Now. It's been an awful long time since most of us got to go on an aeroplane and take a foreign break. Staycations are the fashionable summer holiday this year. But there may be some hope. International travel becomes legal again on May 17th and there could be as many as 30 destinations on the UK's green list. That's countries where coronavirus restrictions are lightest and you won't have to quarantine when you get home. Now, who is on that list is the hot gossip of the World Travel and Tourism Council's Global Summit in Mexico, where travel consultant Paul Charles of the PC Agency is, and he's joining me from there now. Paul, what are people saying? Yes, it's uh, remarkably refreshing to be away uh, safely and responsibly, David, but I'm here in Cancun for the start of the World Travel and Tourism Council Global Summit, where lots of tourism ministers and business CEOs are gathering to talk about recovery in the sector. And talking to delegates here and to even the the head of the WTTC, there's clearly an optimistic mood. It may look a little bit downbeat at the moment in terms of the huge number of cases in some countries of slow vaccine rollouts. But what's clear is that there is light at the end of the tunnel. The vaccine rollouts are beginning to speed up in some countries. And there's an optimistic tone, I would say, because it's clear that jobs can recover in this sector, which has been so badly hit, by early next year, as long as there's a clarity and as long as governments continue to have roadmaps and open up their economies. And that we're looking at this list of countries that could go on to the green list. That's countries that you'll be allowed to fly out to and, and not have to quarantine in the UK when you get back. It's a big long list. What are the kind of major destinations that might be on there, Paul? Well, let's remember that the government is going to announce um, in early May which countries will be in which colour category on their new traffic light system. So they'll be categorised as red, amber, green. 
And the green list, I think, will grow closer to the 17th of May when uh, we're expecting overseas travel to restart in some shape or form. And those countries are likely to include Gibraltar, Malta, Caribbean islands like Barbados, Grenada, St. Lucia. I think you will see the British Overseas Territories on there, uh, which include countries like Bermuda, Turks and Caicos, certainly Gibraltar. We may also see somewhere like Portugal on it, which has done a huge amount in recent weeks to bring down their cases and to be safer. And don't forget the criteria the government's looking at for this. They want countries on the green list which have very high vaccination rates, which are like-minded in their approach towards genomic sequencing and detecting variants of the virus, and countries which have low infection rates. And when you combine all of those, that's how you get to the countries which are looking to be green by May the 17th. What about somewhere like the the USA, Paul? I'm asking for a a friend here, not someone who had to cancel his own holiday there last year. Well, this is the great unknown. The USA, I still believe, will let British travellers in before July the 4th, Independence Day. That is the stated aim of the Biden administration. Their vaccination program is going very strongly indeed. The infection rate will start coming down. The issue the Americans have had is that the infection rate has been going up because parts of America have been unlocking too early. And so what we saw, in fact, from the Americans just in the last 24 hours is um, over 100 countries added to their don't travel list. Now, this may be alarming at first sight, but actually I'm told it's it's short-term pain for long-term gain. Uh, a short-term solution ahead of Independence Day and reopening just to get numbers down substantially to really bring the numbers down and then enable the vaccination rollout to work its magic before borders are reopened. So there doesn't seem to be too much alarm talking to Americans here about that move. And I'm still confident that we as Brits will be able to visit America before July the 4th. And Paul, what's it like being in another country right now. What was it like traveling out there? How does it feel to be outside of the UK? I have to say, David, it uh, it does feel a bit strange. I mean, the, the protocols here are fantastic. There's testing every day, face masks being worn everywhere. Uh, I'm in Cancun, which is on the coast, so there's a lot of fresh air. A lot of people are outside, obviously, and that helps to reduce infections. And in terms of traveling out, it was it was really strange. I haven't traveled out of the UK since September last year, but it was strange going through Gatwick Airport where there were police officers armed with submachine guns asking me why I'm leaving the country and traveling, which obviously they're doing their job, but it was very strange to be asked that question. Didn't feel like Britain I was leaving, that's for sure. And then Gatwick itself, very sad to see it so quiet. Very few other people, only three shops open in the in the terminal. And on the flight itself, it was, I would say, a very good flight. Uh, everyone was wearing face masks. I would say the flight was about 60% full, which was quite busy for, for flights these days. Most are less than 20% full. And arriving in Mexico, fantastic, seamless experience, actually, at Cancun Airport. Straight through, everyone's wearing masks. Uh, temperature checks were taken baggage being cleaned properly as it came off the carousel before being given to you, which was impressive. And then straight through. And as I say, day-to-day life here is is a sort of normality, which we haven't seen in the UK. So yeah, strange, unusual, but fantastic feeling to actually get back to some sort of normality.
and that's the leader. Please do hit your follow button on your podcast provider so you never miss our news analysis, interviews and features every day. We're back on Monday at 4pm. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.